This is Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. I'm at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, joined by Reba Myers of Code Orange. Reba, thank you so much. What's up? Yeah, this is great. We are technically backstage, like literally behind the cameras is the mm. stage. So we're, you know, found a spot, plugged in, we fired up the rig. It's all good to go. You're going to hear a lot of good stuff in here in a minute. But first, we're going to talk about your signature guitar you have from ESP. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this and what went into it and what kind of design aspects or things you asked for that they created for you. For sure. Well, it's been out for a while now, so, um, but it's my trusty right-hand man on the stage, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, there's this uh, dude over there at the company. His name's Tony, and um, he came out to one of our shows. And, uh, I think it was California somewhere, maybe at the Regent or something like that. And um, I met him there, and uh, we talked, and he was just like, do you want to do a signature? <laughs> um, I had been playing those guitars for like a while, okay. for years. It, my first guitar that I played in Code Orange was a Viper um, that I got like basically secondhand from a friend. Mm. Uh, so I had always been into that and it was just like the company I repped and I think he noticed that and knew that I had been playing them for years and knew that we were grinding and that we'd been touring and you know that's kind of like what people look for typically. It's like, yeah. It's not always just about like, oh, do you practice for 10 hours in your bedroom and put videos onto YouTube? It's like, you also have to fucking get out there and yeah. be a performer. And I think they noticed, noticed that about me and uh, could tell that I, you know, just had passion for playing. And, um, and he asked me to do the SIG and we talked and they were super cool about it and uh, were really like hands on with me about the design. And, Obviously, um, it's off the Viper, like you said, but what yeah. are some of the things that you wanted? Uh, obviously, you removed the neck pickup, must not use yep. that much. The neck pickup thing, I was like not totally sure, but then they were like, we should do it, like it looks sick, so I was into yeah, it. it and um, I had really mostly put together the um, the body headstock combo, which is the most like different, you know, thing. different thing where yeah. people either love it or they hate it. But uh, I just saw I it in a mock-up and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hyped on it. I was like, this is unique. And like, I've always loved the reverse headstock look in general. Um, but the, the like Viper shape is my thing. So I just wanted to do something different and you can only go so far with a finish. Yeah. Um, but I kind of mocked up the finish too and they figured out a way to actually do it um, with like Saran wrap, I guess. It's kind of oh, wow. like creative way, but it wraps all the way around and everything like on the neck and like, you know, it's not stuff that like anyone can just necessarily see like from far away, but in the light and like, again, it, if you're holding the guitar itself, you see the wrap around and the orange dots and like yeah. it all kind of is synergistic. How does um, that work with the neck grip? Cause sometimes when nicks are finished with different, you know, I know polys use sometimes it gets, can be sticky when you first get a new guitar. How's, you know? I never had that problem. Okay. <laughs> I'm not super picky with that shit too. Yeah. Like some people like, you know, they talk about the neck dive. It's like, yeah, you can see there's neck dive, but like, I don't know if it's because I stand like I stand or because the guitar made me stand like I stand. Who fucking knows? But <laughs> I stand leaned as hell all the time. So for me, like the neck dive, I kind of play with it and yeah. it just works for me. It's just what I'm used to. So like, I've always wanted to ask this question because it's like either someone that wrote a headline or something, but I saw in an interview at one point, you weren't totally in love with the SG shape. And the Viper's yeah. kind of based on that. And <laughs> yeah. so, like, what, what do you like about the Viper that, in contrast to the typical SG body? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, asymmetrical a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I was a kid when I said that, and, like, obviously the SG is classic. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, your brain likes what your brain likes, and sometimes when I see symmetry, I just don't like it. Like, mm. you know, it's like I have tattoos on one side of my body, which I never really put together why, you yeah. know, until recently. And I was like, oh. You know, maybe I like asymmetry. So I like the Viper. It has this curve to it. It's a little, you know, off kilter. And it's just a little more evil and yeah. like cool and unique. And 
just gravitated towards it. And it's just like a metal guitar. You yeah. Know? Plays heavy shit really good. Like it's got a thick sound, but it also has like, you know, obviously a nice thin neck for faster playing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's grown with me. You know? And the thing that I've seen you do over your career is change out pickups. I've seen you with, uh, uh, you know, EMGs. Currently, you have a rail hammer in there. How did you I land do. into the Reverend world? Um, well, they're fucking awesome people and awesome company. And actually, uh, our currently he's our keyboardist, uh, programmer guy. But he used to play guitar in the band. Uh, Shade. He has a signature with Reverend. Oh, right. And he met them when we were like really young on tour, and it was like one of the first companies ever that we talked to that paid and, attention yeah it was, it, they were legit and they found us like really early and like you know helped us out and like i still play one of their guitars too that's sitting right there okay we'll sometimes talk about that in a minute they're just like good fucking dudes and make really good shit and uh you know i i'd always been playing esp so i kind of stuck with that that just ended up being my thing um but their pickups are really good and they balance out the like really like tight sound of the of this guitar you, really well how do you kind of connect to what you used to have and probably recorded with in terms of like the being an active pickup with the emg stuff and now these to my understanding the the rail hammers are passive right yeah and so does that like was there a learning curve or were you reshaping anything in your rig uh changing knobs to like get to that point or were you going to that pickup to get a different sound yeah i mean honestly like i just liked how it sounded and like sometimes I think about the nitty gritty of that type of stuff. And like other times I'm just kind of like what's there and throw it in and make it work. And like, it's just fun. Like I like trying new shit. Sometimes half the reason I have something is cause I'm literally too lazy to switch it out. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I never bothered learning how to solder properly. So I'm just like, well, I don't have time to switch it. So, but I have some <laughs> guitars with, with EMGs in them that I love and record with all the time. I love this one and have some with rail hammers in it and have some with some other random shit in it. And, I don't know, you just make it work. Like I tr I've tried lately to like not obsess over dialing in the knobs in the most perfect way. Like yeah. kind of just like focusing on the playing and like, you know, you can you can use the gear and the pickups as a tool, but if I start thinking about it too much, it starts to kind of fuck up my process yeah. and my flow. So I kind of just really like doing it in like a fun way, you know? It's like give me something that I am not expecting and I'll make like maybe a different write a different thing based off of it you know even one, if it's weird or whatever unexpected and the one thing that i appreciate about your approach to gear and i'm sure we'll get into it as you get to the pedals and your rack stuff is everything's intentional it's not in in, in a way to us is it's not subtle yeah. it's very very thought out and, and it's very deliberate in terms of like what it brings to the table like when you have a drive pedal or a, a ring mod yeah you know it's on you might not know in the crowd like that's what's happening but you you're the way you deliver your your sound is always unique in that Thank way you. yeah yeah it's just like i don't know i used to experiment more and kind of have stuff that maybe wasn't super useful when i was a kid but you know for one playing live you get used to wanting to have the most simplistic thing possible because it's just like shit fucking breaks non-stop yeah and if you have shit that's not really being used and is like just changing this much of your tone it's like people can't fucking hear that live like in recording i get it like you want to be particular but even still it's like the the thing that matters the most more than anything is your fucking hands yeah you know and your brain and your creativity it's like in the end that's what's like spearheading the whole thing and if i get caught up in like tiny tone tonal pedals i just like or like you know perfect settings on amp or perfect like eqs and this and that i'm just 
it's just distracting. Like, yeah. so I pick pedals that are loud and proud, basically. And, <laughs> like, you know, speak our fucking language, speak my language, speak Code Orange language, and, you know, put a unique sound out there, not stuff that's like super subtle. You know, that's just not really my style. Well, let's keep moving along here. You got, I know you said uh, before we started rolling that typically in a, uh, a headlining set, you would have more gear, specifically more instruments. Yeah. But what are you bringing out these other two you have? Is, are the, is this just another uh, Viper? Yeah, you want me to grab it out? Yeah. This one's, uh, so this one I have here is the ESP custom okay. version of my signature. So they made this in Japan and it's like nicer, but this is the actual signature. Okay. So this is the LTD. This is the one that, you know, is sold. Um, I moved the kill switch, though I regret it. It's much better where it actually is. But again, <laughs> for fun, you know, for yeah. fun, I was like, oh, maybe I can reach it with my pinky, like between like cuts, but that's totally never gonna happen. And I just use the volume knob, but uh, yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, put, I guess I put a real hammer in this guy too. Um, so this is really my backup. Okay. And then as you get out the third guitar here, what uh, strings are you running and uh, tunings you guys playing? Oh, um, strings we play ernie ball and uh, i'm rocking the not even slinky like blue pack okay. i think it's like 54 to 12 or something um thick ass strings yeah hard yeah. wire <laughs> <laughs> i just i'm used to that shit. i mean i've been lately trying to think like oh maybe i should fuck around with some like you know thinner ones for more like crazy lead bendy shit. but i can bend these just fine i got strong fingers so i'm not really worried <laughs> about it it stays in tune better and like i don't know i just it's what I've been doing my whole life, yeah. so I'm used to it. It's like, I can play anything you hand me, but it's fun, you know, to, to have your thing and, like, stick to it. But, um, and what's yeah, what this else? Oh, uh, strings and tunings. Tunings, yes. Well, always fucking around with tunings. Um, our main tuning is drop B um, for a lot of shit. Sometimes we go, like, a half step lower on the low strings. And, okay. Um, a couple of our songs are in, like, B minor, like, the guitar's in B minor, which is kind of a thing I just gravitated towards for some reason. It's like... B minor with like a C sharp on the top. Oh wow! Um, it's like bleeding in the blurs and that, and who I am is in something like that. And I've just always been into kind of messing around with tunings, and like it helps as a writing tool to just like shake your brain up. Yeah. It's like when you play guitar all day long, you start to know where everything is. Obviously, it's a good thing. And you but get into ruts. Yeah, and you get stuck, and you start playing the same old shit, and you're just like, it helps to just like literally fuck the tuning up and just try to play and like your hands end up going places you don't expect and it sounds different and then you hear something you like and then you fucking Latch record it. Usually you forget what you your tuning was whenever you did it, but <laughs> you figure it out mathematically. And, um, yeah, so I love that shit and we have a couple songs that are in some different tunings. So um, it helps to have the reverend to usually sit and be minor uh, okay. for that stuff. And, and so that's, the, what, that's its purpose on this tour is this? Yes, uh, I'm actually minor? not using it out there because there's just not enough time to switch and we're not playing bleeding on this tour but um almost every other tour i'm switching it you know for songs like that and it also just has a little bit of like thickness that the um esp doesn't have mm -hmm. and it it's better a little bit for like just power chord based like rock shit mm -hmm. um because you know i don't have the means to change amps right now though i would love to have multiple amps at some point really um but yeah so it helps to just you know have the guitar switch and just adds a little bit of like it's like makes the intonation sound a little better because you're getting more bottom end. So. And, and with this one having neck pickup, do you ever mess with that or always bridge? If I'm recording, sometimes I'll toss it in there. But yeah, typically live, I just, yeah, it's just too much of a pain in the ass. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Both pickups sound great. It's this P90 thing in the bridge. I mean, the neck and then uh, I think it's like the chisel or the anvil in the bridge. Okay. One of those two. I always forget which one. But 
they have this like base control knob too, yeah, which is awesome. Contour. Yeah, and I mess with that a lot. Like I'll like, depending on the room, like I'll pull it down a little or up a little. And um, it's just a fucking, it's a great guitar. Really. They're like a very thoughtful uh, guitar company in that regard. Like you yeah. might not think of that or even use it, but I've heard when people got their hands on it, it's a very useful knob. For sure. Yeah. And you would, a lot of times that stuff is like, you know, actually use it, mm -hmm. but this is for sure useful and it's their thing. And they definitely are the only company I know that has it. Yeah. So it's pretty unique. They're awesome. Well, let's uh, move on to amps. All right. I've seen you uh, rocking the EVH stuff for at least two or three years. Yeah, um, I think we were doing Marshall before that. Okay. And then, um, and then we got going with EVH. Yeah, we have the EVH, um, just their like standard cabs. I think they have like selections in them. I think they're like the G12s or something like that. I forget, but um, yeah, we like customized them obviously. and. You know, when you're micing the cab, it, the, this doesn't really matter. So it's kind yeah. of just like sick and fucking blasts our shit out. And, and then been rocking the uh, 5153 um, with EL34s in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, these heads are really popular right now and they're popular for a reason. Um, these I think are hard to find this one in particular lately, but it's just, it sounds fucking good. I mean, like I'm not like an amp guru. I don't know about the circuits and shit, but it sounds fucking good. It's tight, but it has character and, um, you know, have you messed not... with the other versions? I think they have the 6L6 version. Do you have you messed with that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I've played a lot of them. And our other guitar player, Dom, plays the 6L6 one. Okay. And I think they blend kind of good together cool when we're attack. playing live. So I've just always liked the EL34s. And coming from Marshall, playing the, their shit, like I gravitate towards that in my ears. Um, and are you utilizing all three channels or second and third? All of them, yeah. All three? Yep. So I have uh, basically this, like, these heads don't run on MIDI. Um, so I have this little switcher that switches them for me, okay. and it's all kind of wired in with Axe Effects. Um, so Axe Effects is basically switching the amp channels, and okay. it's all just coordinated. So I don't have to touch anything, and you know, it just does it all for me, basically. But I use all of it, and all three three channels sound really good. So. And I see you have a, a torpedo there. How are you using that? Yeah, that's kind of been a newish thing. Um, it's been helpful for like big stages where the bass like bleeds into the cab a lot. And uh, it's also just like a good fail safe and they sound really good blended in. Um, but it's basically, you know, like a cab sim for people who don't know. And yeah. you can use it for recording and stuff. But for live, you can one, you can have it as an attenuator, which is nice. Um, if you have to have your stage volume kind of quiet, it'll break the tubes up. Yeah. Um, but then also there's a whole software platform that has like bajillion options of cab sims and mic placements and mics and um, you can just use that in conjunction with the cab or use it just by itself um, and just send it straight to front of house and have them blend it with the cab mic. Is that what you're doing then? Yeah. Run it in front of house so you have two signals, cab? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Just all running them both and it blends and just, yeah, guitars are the fucking meat and bones of our band so yeah. it, it helps to have a really that sound you know. before we have you bring on the viper again uh and start making some sound to give us an example of how you use everything axe effects how are yeah. you incorporating that yeah so a lot of people obviously use axe effects for amps and amp modeling yeah um i never really got into that honestly i was like very fearful of buying the axe effects i was like i don't know it seems like going to the dark side a little bit yeah um but it's very convenient because i used to have like you know fucking 50 pedals and have to change them and put them in loops and it's like just a disaster again because things break um so it's helpful i just run it as an effects processor so it's going through my effects loop of my amp um it's always on and it's just 
Sometimes it's just like completely naked, maybe with a gate, okay. you know, and then other times, yeah, like for leads and solos and like weird shit, it'll, I'll use it to, you know, throw some things in the chain basically. And um, I could just use it in conjunction with the pedals and I really like it. I mean, like it has a digital sound to me. I mean, I know some people dive in like crazy to try to make it not, but it's like, to me, I'm like, why, why are you trying to make something digital sound analog when you just could have analog shit? Yeah. You know, make the digital thing sound digital like it does naturally, you know, because it is. So I kind of lean into that and uh, I use it for like more digital sounding delays that like really sit on top and like cut through. And um, you were talking to me about like plugins and stuff because I use plugins a lot yeah. for like guitar effects, especially recording. But for live, it's kind of hard to do that practically. Yeah. Um, but the Axe effects is a good replacement in that sense and it's you know basically a fucking computer in my rack you know so i'm using a computer for delays it's just their brand shit but it's all you know it's all basically the same thing yeah. and it has yeah this like just unique like digital sound and i like it and it's easy to manipulate and control and you know i can send midi to it and have a change without me touching anything and um yeah it's grown on me a lot so <laughs> do you think you'll ever leave the tube amp world and go fully into the no. digital no well not I refuse. You heard it, folks. 2022 is never going digital. Fully digital. Not all the youth, you know, is digital, all right? I'm on the edge, you know, but no, I mean, so I just, amps. I can't help it. Like, I love tube amps and I love how they feel when I'm playing up there. Like, I do have in-ears in, which sucks, and hopefully I don't have to have in-ears in at some point, but... Uh, so you're not a fan of them? I just, I want to just fucking feel what's happening around me. Like, it's, I'm sick of it, but... So what's the pro then? You hear yourself, like singing especially. Okay. Singing is the main thing that in-ears help with. But when it comes to guitar, like hearing a guitar out of a cab behind me is just, there's nothing like it. Like you can't make it sound the same in your ears no matter how good the monitor engineer is. It doesn't fucking matter. It's never the same. But yeah. having the cab, even with in-ears in, I can still feel it. I can still kind of feel it. Like, you know, when I go over there, I can still make feedback with it. Like, you know, that's just, it's, it's an art that's been going on for years and years and years like there's a reason that you know people love it it's like very tactile i yeah. guess um i just really like tactile stuff when it comes to everything in life and guitar and amps are that and pedals too yeah so i love that shit but yeah i'm not gonna be a fucking stickler i try to dabble in the digital stuff because it's cool too and it has a unique sound and i don't want to hold myself back but uh yeah i mean in the end it's the same as just like what i said before it's like it's all really about the player and, and, you know, their creative output. And you can literally use what the fuck ever. And as long as you have that, then you're good. Like, kids growing up, it's like, I didn't have shit when I was a kid. Yeah, like, that's we, the thing. We borrowed fucking people's amps, like, for years and years when we first played shows. Like, we were just like, hey, do you guys have stuff we can borrow? Like, show up, play out of, like, a carbon fucking custom carbon amp, you know? Like, shit that just sounded weird, but it was cool. And you learn and you end up making sounds that you didn't expect and your ears grow and, and evolve. And, you know, I play what I play. I love what I play and I am intentional, like you said. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be boxed into, like, gear obsession. Otherwise, it'll fuck me up, you know. Now, I, I got to ask, because we talked a little bit outside and now I want to get this on cameras. Your guys' sound has evolved quite a bit since the beginning. And that's so cool to see a band. You have pros and cons and fans and not fans and you know they drop off and they come back and all that bullshit we know but are is are you using the gear to find new sounds or is the gear like the, the memes or is like gear inspiring you? it's a good question yeah um i would say it's both i mean 
sometimes for sure, like I'll go through phases where I'm like in exploration. I'll be at my house and I'll research things for hours and hours, like not when I'm writing, but more kind of on off time, find stuff, get it, and then just like fuck around with it forever. Sometimes that will inspire me and make me think in a new way. Or if I'm listening to another like artist that I like from, you know, some other genre or something like that, it will give me ideas and gear in that way can inspire me. It's, it kind of goes in a circle, like an oral right? And that'll inspire me to like find a piece of gear, you know, but it goes both ways. I mean, kind of just depends on like what hat you're wearing. It's like if I'm writing a song and I'm really sitting down and I'm writing a song, I'm probably not paying attention to the gear. Like I want almost the most simple situation possible. Yeah. Maybe just an acoustic guitar in a room, you know, whatever. But if I'm like in like a creative, like free, crazy kind of brain, then, you know, maybe I'll just slow like a bunch of pedals on the floor and like a couple amps and just twiddle around with no plan whatsoever and just hit record and like listen back to it after, you know? So it just depends. I like using it all. Like I don't want to get caught up in one section. That's you know? what I appreciate about that. You are not trying to be like, well, I'm a metal. I know that you're not trying to classify what you guys do in one specific genre, but yeah, I have to use an amp and a guitar and that's it. Yeah. Or if you were digital, like, oh, I'm only using Axe effects because it's this. You're just like, the world's my oyster. Yeah. Give me the gear and let's see where it takes me. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, there's purists and there's this and that and the other people who only play stuff from this year or this time period. It's like, that shit may have been better, you know, but there's great shit now too. Like fucking Angle and Diesel and Friedman all putting out great shit. And like, you know, there's shit, I'll play old shit, vintage shit, new shit. Like, I'm not going to be held back or like be a snob about it. Like, it's all fun. It's all really just fucking playing with toys in the end. And I mean, I think anyone out there who knows, knows, you yeah. know, it's playing with toys. Yeah. Like, you're playing a video game, but in real life, you know, so. Well, player one, strap on your guitar and let's start this game. I <laughs> want right, to hear bro. some sounds and just walk us through. Sure. How are you using everything? All right, let's see if this works. Should be good. Um, yeah, so normally I have the computer triggering my shit, but I'll just be clicking it here for now. Okay. Um, in terms of vax effects in my amp. But yeah, my main rhythm tone, uh, um, that's just running through these two pedals. Okay. Um, we got the tubes. And those there. are always on then. Yeah, and the noise suppressor. Fucking basic as shit. I really don't even want to have them. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't. It's annoying. But uh, this tightens it up a little bit, adds a little bit of grit, you know, obviously. Um, and then just noise suppressor. Uh, have you ever messed with other like tube screamer ish pedals because we just did a rig rundown a few months ago with uh the end yeah with will putney and he was using and they were using same idea to kind of drive and tighten the amp but they use a, a swollen pickle a way he oh, swollen nice. pickle and i'm curious if you or if you just set it on the tube screamer and like that's it i'm moving on to another project yeah of no, i've heard some stuff before um for sure i know people love the swollen pickle and um you know there's abominable pedals makes a really good mod tube screamer called the hellmouth i've used um, the two screamer, this one, it's just fucking, it's, it's honestly just doesn't cause me problems. And that's the main thing. It's not bringing in extra noise and it doesn't like characterize the tone too much differently than the amp does. That's why I like it. It's okay. this particular one. I mean, more so just laziness and, you know, and when it pedals bigger than this size, it's annoying as shit to fit on my board. Like yeah. stupid things like that, that in a live scenario matter. Um, when I'm playing in the studio, I definitely mess around with more shit though. Okay. Different types of tube screamers and big muffs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for this purpose live, it's really just functionality, getting a little bit extra. You know? Got it. Okay, so that's kind of rhythm tune 
tone covered. You got the decimator and you got the tube screamer on yep. all the time. Uh, and then, yeah, I just got, you know, my three kind of like fucking noise, noisier pedals, which is the Ring Mod, the Harmonist, and the AMT Wah. Um, that's all, the Wah is in a loop here, so. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I use those a lot. This is always on too, because I did do dives with it and shit. Oh. Um, it's obviously not a tonal pedal, but it's just fucking fun. Why like, not you know, have like a, a Floyd Rose? I would, you know, I tried. Next signature's coming out. <laughs> no, I mean, I just didn't grow up playing a Floyd Rose. Like I grew up playing with fucking pedals. And yeah. I think Floyd Roses are sick, but it also fucks with the tuning of the guitar, yada, 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 so. Yeah. We've just always used the harmonists. I think Eric was the one who actually uh, like brought it to the table, and then I just kept using it for years and years, and now I kind of have my way of using it, and I like it. Um, some people use those like red Digitech whammies. Yeah. Um, it's kind of in that realm, but I don't know. No one uses these. So The only <laughs> other person I saw use it, and he uses it a similar way you do, because uh, he has a hardtail guitar, is uh, Steven Brodsky from New Toy Man and Caven. Fuck yeah. He uses those. I think he has two of them, if, I'm, if I remember. One goes down and one goes up. Yeah, that would be useful. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't usually put it on up mode, but yeah, I think Kurt Blue has a couple of them, and I remember vaguely using them in his studio with some like weird reverb tails and stuff like that. Now, how are you but. using the ring mod? Because that is not a sound I would normally associate <laughs> with anything aggressive or heavy. Yeah, well, it is fucking aggressive. That's what's hilarious about it. Most people, I don't know, I've always thought they sounded like shit, honestly. But then when I use it in a heavy context, it sounds like a fucking crazy noise. It's yeah. like a dinosaur or something. But well, let's uh, hear this dino roar. Yeah, obviously. It just, I have it looped with the wall right now because, you know, I can bend down and fucking... Oh. Yeah, I can... It's just fucking loud as fuck. You're yeah. not getting it now, cause, but live, you know, when everything's mic'd up, it's fucking loud, piercing, and like the overtones just like reverberate throughout the whole arena, and it sounds pretty fucking cool. So in a situation like you are, Reba, where you're not headlining and you're actually playing with a bunch of like hip hop rap groups, yes, you have the ring mod, and I think the way that you use it probably gets people's attention that might be on their phone waiting for the headliner to come out, Suicide Boys, and like whatever noises you're coming up with with these two top pedals of blue and the the ring mod, the harmonist. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you get people like putting their phone down, like what the fuck was that? Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like for sure. I mean, just the fucking you know, rock music is not super hot right now you know you gotta fucking find a way to get people to pay pay goddamn attention it's like the shit's fucking fun and if you see someone like having fun with it and going off and like it's not like i'm making some fucking high art with my noise pedals like it's just fun and it's aggressive and it's intense and people feed off of that whether they're you know into hip-hop or country or whatever like it's just it's fucking fuel like for anyone who has a little fire inside i think they would gravitate towards that and I know these kids do. I mean, like Suicide Boys and all this shit on this tour is like pretty aggressive, even though it's coming from a different place. Yeah. Um, so they're into it and I'm fucking into it. I love doing it. I love getting down there and like mashing the shit. And yeah, it's just like what I've always loved to do. You know? Yeah. So it's cool. And what are you using for like uh, like a like a chorus of Forever or I know Spy starts out like a lot of noise. Are, is that coming from the pedals or the axe effects? Yeah, most of the stuff on that is just pedals. Like any noise stuff, I'm using pedals. Got like it. axe effects, it's just not really ideal for that. When it comes to delays and reverbs, it's pretty useful. 
um, and also just being a hub for switching everything it's useful but like yeah like on cleans and stuff like that i use this astro pedal lately okay, yeah let's get into that um have it looped here and uh yeah it's pretty fucking cool i mean like normally i'd have a reverb on my axe effects in, ta in tandem with that um, but it has a really nice like warm type of sound and um, it's useful it has like presets and all this stuff and I've really only been using it for a little while, but it's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. It's now, just shit that works together, you know? I see that it's called the uh, Astra Modulation Machine, so it's more than just delay. There's a lot of different manipulation yes. you can do there. I mean, you could talk about this pedal for a fucking hour, I'm sure, you know? <laughs> um, I dial in, like, stuff that I like, and then I save. There's, like, a preset. You save it. Um, that's what this, like, one side of the pedal is for. So you save your preset, and the other side is, like, what's actually on the knobs. Um, so there's, like, a few different modes and all kinds of shit you can do with it. I feel like you maybe even can send MIDI do it or something. I don't know, but it's possible. I'm not sure. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> don't quote me on that. But the pedal sounds great, and UADs like makes quality shit. I mean, yeah. It's just everyone knows it. It's one of the top brands of all time. So. Yeah. Um, it just sounds yeah, it's good. cool that they've gotten into like the pedals because before it was like you know like recording stuff and like stuff you have at your home, like recording software and recording. Yeah. Now it's cool that they have pedals. I know they came out with like the amp emulation pedals like Marshall and Box and I think Fender pedal. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to have like their hi-fi approach to things now in the pedal world. For sure, yeah. It's nice to have like an actual physical box out there. I mean, I play with a lot of their amp simulations and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's been cool. I love it. Well, Reba, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to show us everything, unless there's some other stuff you want to show us inside your, uh, like, the switcher here, but I think we covered everything. Yeah, I mean, the switcher's really, like, just for looping everything, and then um, it's also, like, a MIDI hub, so it's kind of like a backup, basically. Like, and then you're saying, like, the Axe-Effects stuff gets kicked on automatically like, when you're playing. So you're... Axe-Effects is run via a computer, and, like, computer sends MIDI. Um, and then this is a backup, basically. If the computer goes down, I can control Axe-Effects with this, too. Got it. And then maybe one thing to add in here is uh, you guys, with the laptop, are you guys running tracks, I think you said before? Or how are you? Barely, yeah, okay. but it's really more just to kind of like be a hub for everything. And like, you know, when you're doing big shit with production and in the in future of Code Orange, when we're doing crazier shit, it'll be really nice to have a system that's kind of like the brain, you know? And I've also just been into that, been getting into that. And it's cool, like getting into the production world, it just gives me more things to fucking learn, you know? So yeah. I'm into that. and. Yeah, it helps not have to dance around and like push buttons while I'm trying to just fucking play and perform, you know, which is like always my goal. I just want to perform and focus on that. So it's helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Reba, I can't thank you enough. You you moved your rig over to this area. We did it. <laughs> we could, yeah, it was, you're too gracious with your time and setup and everyone out there stay safe. Uh, apologize again for the noise, but yeah, we made it happen and fucking Reba Myers rules. Thank you. <laughs>